Welcome to the Suicide Prevention Show. You're in the right place if you are interested in this new movement to make suicide, especially teen suicide, a thing of the past. And we are super happy that you're here. While you're here, you're gonna be able to help us welcome our next speaker. Our next speaker is Susan Rothery. And we're gonna be talking about how to build teen empowerment. It's all about social and emotional support. So super happy that you're part of the conversation. And speaking of being part of the conversation, Susan, would you please bring yourself into the studio? So unmute, come on camera. We're about to have a conversation. So as we figure out the tech in the background and Susan comes to the studio, magic there you are <laughs> how are you hey wonderful what a beautiful day you've had and how much we've all learned from each other it's awesome Jen. good job well thank you it is wonderful to have you as part of this journey it is an amazing thing that you've been involved in and from the moment that i heard about it i was like oh we have to talk we this is so so needed now i know a little bit about your background but none of our guests know anything about your background so susan would you just start out with telling them you know who you were before you got involved in what you're doing now actually i've always been on a teacher and counselor crisis counselor especially for um adolescents and it was during this time that a group of kids approached me and said, you know what, we need something more. We need a program that works. Too many of our friends are dying. We don't see a lot of hope for our future. Would you help us? Would you help us come up with a plan or a curriculum or something um, so that we could have a voice and that we could find some way to make change in our lives? Now, how could you refuse, right? How could you possibly pass on such an opportunity? And so basically, that's where I invested the last um, 20 years of my life um, is developing a program with them and taking it out to um, communities um, throughout the nation to see if uh, they would be able to take advantage of the insight and the expertise of these kids. Cool. You know, that's really amazing. So you've always been in this field and the kids approached you. It really doesn't get any better than that. But the kids who approached you graduated a long time ago. Absolutely. And so today, well, actually, the, the sequence of events is kind of important because it took us five years to develop this program with over 200 teens. So it wasn't just a small group. It was a group that continued from year to year and it became progressively bigger and stronger and everyone really had a chance to give their input. And what it turned into, Jackie, which was really surprising, was a very structured curriculum that they wanted to be able to maintain in a group. They wanted structure and they wanted a plan of action. They said, everybody talks to us about you know, the challenges that are out there for teens. But the bottom line is, what do we do? You know, you set us up this adult world that, that makes us feel deeply and makes us question the directions we're taking in life. And then what do we do? Hey, I want to change. How do I make that happen? 
Oh, so that's, that was our initial group. Those are good questions, Susan. Yeah. Well, it, it led to um, some amazing points in life. Um, about five years after we started, we ended up seeing one teen after another who had made a 180 change. This was in a school system that um, was alternative. It was for kids who were kind of on their, you know, their last breath in terms of getting through school, huge behavioral problems. Many were gang members. Some were from high-end neighborhoods and still suffering with, with their own possibly addictive behaviors. And the changes were so paramount that it was very clear that something needed to be done. Jackie, if you are, are in the field of um, teen prevention, what you find is that there really isn't anything out there that is making a huge impact. Um, I, I know I had searched for many, many years and, and did a song and dance in as many different programs as I could for our teens, but it was such a band-aid effect until this program. So it was the catalyst behind setting up a nonprofit, representing their name, and, and knocking on 10,000 doors to try to get some attention. Well, I hear you, and I could feel your frustration. I mean, trust me, been there, done that, and we understand that it's not what people want to talk about. It's not the topic that's sexy, and it's hard to measure a negative. You know, they can measure how many people are going to jail, but they can't measure how many people are not going to jail. And I went into the same level of frustration. I mean, I found out that a suicide prevention hotline measures success by how many phone calls they get. And I'm like, they're actually measuring the effectiveness of their marketing campaign, that people are aware of them. But there's no way to know if, if they're meeting a bigger need now or if the need was always there, they're just doing better marketing. Absolutely. And you know, it, it's not about widgets. And, and basically, that's what business focuses on, right? How many sales do you have? And, and you know, how much money did you bring in? And, and how many success stories can we share so that we can sell this product? And when you're dealing with behavioral health and you're dealing with children who are making life decisions every single day, um, you can't categorize that. You can't put that... Um, you know, into a formula. However, um, what these teams did put together was an opportunity for any team at school to participate in a group. And in that group, there would be a set curriculum that would talk about the fact that we are all born to be empowered, that stuff gets in the way, and how do we deal with that? They created a plan of action it was actually based on the concept of the 12 steps. This isn't a 12 step program, but they love the steps. They love number one saying, hey, I've got a problem like everybody else in the world. And number two, I sincerely believe there's a power of good that can help me. And that became one of the premises within their curriculum. And then they talked about challenges like suicide, codependency, abuse, etc. And all of a sudden, these are all coming to a point of conversation in the group. And what the teens find out is they're not alone. And, and their situation 
it is part of the commonality of this group. And, and by the end of the shared discussion that, that is based on unconditional support, they become a family. So, so now when you're looking at teens, you say the number one issue in school is loneliness. Wow. Number one. Now, now you won't see this in statistics. You will see it in the testimonies that the kids give in behalf of um, I'm, I'm, groups. Yeah. They'll say loneliness. So let's make it really clear. Okay. Because we don't know what we don't know. And what we do know is that what we're talking about here is you are talking about a group of teens. Now, are all of the empowered programs still within schools that are, as you put it, sort of the last chance schools? Or Absolutely are not. Absolutely okay. not. Because you know what? Um, well, the problem is that the challenges are, are straight across the board. Every yeah. culture, every socioeconomic group, right? It's yeah. like we are in this equally. If there's an equal dilemma that we all face, even when we started this program and we first put up our website, we heard from Russia, Turkey, New Zealand. We weren't marketing. But the reality is, is that young people today are so desperate to have a voice and have so much to say. And they truly are the healers. They can work with each other and create an amazing impact where we fall short. And that's what Empowered is about. Empowered is an opportunity for schools, juvenile corrections, high-end neighborhoods, um, church groups, the Boys and Girls Club, YMCAs, all of these groups have had Empowered to offer the teens in their community. And, and what's really exciting is that once the kids join, and they see the curriculum and learn the procedure, they become the leaders. So the adult facilitator pulls away, sits on the side, and basically lets them run the show. They are far more impactful, far more insightful, and intuitive than any adult could hope to be. Well, yeah, because there's still the peer group. And, you know, the most frustrating thing about being an adult and dealing with teens is that whatever we can see, they don't care about, right? I mean, let's just face it. What we can see as far as future potential and future loss of potential, that's not what they're looking at now. And I'm glad that you are so clear in all the different demographics that you're impacting in different places because the belief system in the world that I found, well, maybe not in the world, but in the US, when I started digging into this, was that it's those kids. It's not in my neighborhood. It's not my kid. It can't be my kid. And that belief system is deadly. I mean, when I stand on a stage and talk about the silence is killing us, the, yes. the number of parents who have no clue that their kids are <laughs> they're on the ledge they are contemplating suicide and the parents are clueless and when i was writing up the description for our conversation i was i wrote it as you know what do your teens know about addiction <laughs> probably more than you think right and i'm wondering is that matching what you're seeing that there's so much that the kids know and are experiencing and talking about it that their parents don't even have a clue 
Oh, absolutely. This is a different world. Social media alone, right, completely changes the dynamics. And, and the reality, too, I think of our kids is our group decided to define addictive behavior as any habit that causes personal harm. Wow, that means it's you, it's me, it's the world around us. It's not about the good guys and the bad guys. It's about what is happening in our lives and what decisions are we making? And how can we make a healthier decision to move us forward? Um, the, the kids told me, oh, perhaps a year into the group that I needed to um, stop letting people talk about getting high, what parties they went to. They said, Mrs. Rothery, that's a waste of time. And you know what? It's a trigger because those are the things we like to do even though they're dead end. So can we come up with a different kind of language when we speak in group? And they did. And so instead of saying, you know, I had my first hit of heroin last weekend, they might say, you know what? I got mad at my dad. I took off out of the house. I went and saw Joey. Joey and I always get in trouble together and man, I made a bad decision. Now they have raised the bar. Now they're thinking about what caused me to make the decision I made and how can I make a better one next time? Um, the, the insight that these teens gave me to be able to translate into a curriculum, into mm -hmm. a training, into an opportunity to take to every school throughout the world mm -hmm. um, is unprecedented. And nor um, is there anything that's replicable to it right now. So before I would hear from Alaska or Hawaii or, or out of the country and they say, how can we get this training? And we didn't have it. But last year we completed our online training. Woo! It was huge, Jackie. It, it was our final phase to say, we've got all the research, we're evidence-based. Mm -hmm. We have university studies. We were the outstanding partner in our juvenile correction center. Um, we've got the accolades. We've got the testimonies of the children. And now we have it all together in one group so that any high school, any clinic, any detention center, any high-end institution, any hospital can go through the training, be certified, and actually begin the program at their, their site. Um, and to throw in, during our evidence-based research, we had found out that 90% of the teens who attend six meetings or more have no further behavioral problems at school. All of these kids who were in the office day after day, it was a thing of the past. 80% um, had higher attendance and the majority had higher grad rates, higher academics, but this was the thing we weren't even looking for. And one of the questions directed us to this statistic. We had a significant reduction in drug use. That means two standard deviations or more with 99% certainty. The wow. kids who attended empowered meetings had a reduction in use. 
So okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna back this down for people. Yeah. For people who don't understand the language of research, and I was in a re I used to do research. That's actually one of the first companies I worked for. Ah. The this concept of standard deviation. These are the the things that you would naturally expect as naturally occurring variables. I'm gonna just break it down to some real basic language. So what you're talking about is substantiation of the efficacy, the, the effectiveness yes. of this program beyond a shadow of a doubt, basically, because anything that is that far outside of the expected norm yes. with that level of certainty. Okay, so now you've got this great program and it's online. I'm gonna ask you some tough questions. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. The elephant in the room. Okay. When it comes to getting schools, clinics, and institutions to bring this program in-house to go through the training, what's the biggest challenge? What's the biggest what? Challenge. Oh, the challenge. Yeah, the challenge. The challenge is that nobody wants to do extra work. Most people, <laughs> right? Most people are in these institutions and they are slammed. Um, counselors, psychologists, clinicians have workloads, social workers that are way over the top. So what you need is a champion. And your champion can be a counselor. Your I'm champion. Gonna keep, I'm gonna keep you over here. Yeah. I'm gonna keep you over here in this part of the conversation first, because I know that you're gonna tell us some great stories. <laughs> but first I wanna know when it and, and I have a selfish reason for asking. You know, I do the adult training. And so we are looking at what's the best way to roll out our teen program in the Teen Suicide Prevention Society. And I'm going, okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot and I'm gonna find out everything that I am gonna need to know before I need to know it. So okay. the biggest challenge right now that you've identified is that the people who would need to go through the training and become certified as adult facilitators just don't have the bandwidth to take on the training. Got well, it. Okay. So, now that, so. that's one, we're just going to yeah. walk you through okay. this, the second question. When it comes to getting the schools and institutions to bring this program in house, Susan, what's your biggest fear? My biggest fear would be that it, it, the guidelines and the ethics and the format of the program, because it's highly structured, isn't followed. And here's an example. I had one counselor tell me, I cannot give a meeting over to kids and allow them to run it. I don't care if the words are in front of them I know this is not how I run groups. This is not how I do it. So my response was, you probably shouldn't do this. You should not run empowered unless you're going to empower children. I think that that's really a great example of the biggest challenge. And so, so I'm delighted that you're willing to have this conversation with me because this is gonna help everybody who wants to work with kids. Everyone who wants to bring a program and have it scalable, these are the challenges no matter what your program is. So the biggest challenge that you face so far is that the validity of the program 
does not change the reality of the lack of bandwidth among the people who would have to become certified to deliver it. Yes. And the fear is that somebody would go through the certification and not follow the rules, mm -hmm. not allow the empowerment to occur. Yes. So when it comes to getting the institutions and the schools to bring this program in house, Susan, what's your biggest frustration? Well, um, I think that the frustrating part is that we are finally at a, a point where we need marketing on a huge scale. We have covered every single base, every question. We have uh, such a um, strong sense of validity and the need is so huge. And high schools are desperate right now for programs, mental health, especially after the COVID, with kids returning to school and not having a support system in place is devastating. It leads to more bullying, anger issues, suicide, confrontation, a loss of self. If schools have this program ready, had staff willing to participate in the implementation, every teacher, every administrator, every parent would have a safe place for their child or student to go and find a, a way to regroup and to heal. So that's my, that's the challenging part is you want to go around and shake everybody and say, pay attention to us. We had um, one, one um, district officer who over in Huntington Beach who said, you know what, this is exactly what we need. And he made every high school in his district not only go through the training, but start the program. And the results have been excellent. The, the feedback has been great. And I'm sure there was resistance because, you know, who wants to do one more thing? And, and who's this lady who says this program's so great when there's another thousand people out there trying to sell their program? But I can attest to the fact that I would not give up 20 years of my life to knock on doors and beg people to try this program if I didn't know it wasn't saving lives every day. And those testimonies are in the training. So the investment of 20 years of your life, you know, is such a place where so many people have invested their lives in something that they know works. They know that they built the better mousetrap. And here's the deal. That old saying, you know, you build the better mousetrap and the world will beat a path to your door. Yeah. It left out a critical little piece here. <laughs> That's assuming the world knows they yes. have a problem with mice. Not that they yes. know about your mousetrap because all the marketing of I'm here, I'm here, will not help, at, especially about a mousetrap, if they don't know they have a problem with mice. Right. And it's the depth of denial yes. of the scope of the problem yes. that I think might be your biggest hurdle. Because yeah. yes. I used to stand on the, it was like standing on the mountaintop going, I have the cure for PTSD. Yeah. I'm up here on the mountaintop. There was only one problem. It wasn't the language of the people I was most qualified to help. That's not what they called it. 
And they weren't up on the mountaintop. They were down in the valley trying to make it through one more day, trying not to shred their teams when the weather would close in. This was my military guy. He'd, he'd been trapped in a cave. You know, where if you took a breath, you were gonna die. He'd been trapped in a cave during his time in service to our country. And he survived, didn't think anything of it. He was building this huge team and all of a sudden, Anytime the weather would start to close in, didn't matter if he was in a boardroom with big windows, it didn't matter. Anytime the weather would start to close in, it would dark and close, his personality would change and he would start shredding people. He had no clue. And all of my time spent, you know, over here yelling and screaming that I could help didn't matter until I learned what was important to him. And I think what was important to him was I've got an anger management issue. That's what he thought his issue was. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of what the challenge is with getting this program out for teens into the marketing is do parents know they've got a problem? The schools know, but which side is gonna take responsibility? And maybe, maybe we can beat this up a little bit because I am so, engaged with anything that will prevent teens from falling into that abyss where they think dying is better than living and they don't see any other options. What your program does is give options. It helps them always see that there's another possibility. And that's what I love about it. And I'm just going to put this out so that we can have this conversation. If the biggest challenge is bandwidth, meaning it's not the most important thing on their plate to them because let's face it, we all get done what we think is important. So how do we help them think it's more important? And your idea of having a champion obviously works. What about creating champions? Hmm, I don't know. We'll have to just open it up to the community and see where can you create more champions? What have you learned along the way? in this journey, you know, what other, you know, having the, the head of the school system champion it obviously worked. What else has worked for you? Well, over the last year, one thing that is highly significant that we can all benefit from is the federal government over the, the last several years has insisted that high schools take some responsibility in terms of social emotional learning. SEL, it's a buzzword, it is big time. And, and it's probably the brilliant concept that these kids had 15 years ago when, when they were thinking about what they personally needed. And, and now the world's finally catching up to them because Empowered is based on social emotional learning. It's a, an educational process where kids are able to engage and discuss and problem solve together um, to to learn regard for individual differences, to break down those walls of social animosity that, that we're dealing with across the country right now. Um, through their insight and, and through the format that they put in place where every person has a voice and every person is heard. And the, the discussion questions that they totally relate to uh, all of those pieces um, 
I guess, taught me that I don't know it all. I used to think I was, oh, I was such a great counselor and I could take care of, you know, whatever their needs were. And, mm -hmm. and after working with these children, I thought I wasn't even a Band-Aid. When I see what they're able to put together within this program, which Jackie, this program is dynamic. Mm -hmm. This isn't about somebody getting up and teaching what you should do and having a little group. These are sessions that are offered every single week throughout the year, open door policy, everyone's welcome. Um, and they are teaching as kids are learning. Um, the concept is far greater than anything that you or I or anyone else has ever come up with thus far. So the concept was created out of the experience of the teens who said, we need something more than what you've got. And while they started with the 12-step framework, it sounds like what they did was take that basic frame and turn it into something that actually served them. Yes, that's a really great interpretation on your part because the only thing that they really knew or understood about 12-step programs were those steps. And that's what they liked. This was not a program about addiction. This was not a program about people saying, hello, I'm an addict. Our kids say, hi, my name is Susan. I'm here because I believe in the principles of empowerment. A positive thing I did this week was, hey, I helped my mom you know, clean up the kitchen. That's how we begin our story. Yeah. You know, there are some families that would celebrate. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a that's a lovely reframe of what um, of what has been. And I mean, okay, I'm going to name the elephant in the room. Twelve step programs have been around for a while, and the open secret in the mental health community is that they don't work very well. Well, There's not anything else there that's really yeah, better. But here's the thing. We don't, even carrying out a discussion about 12-step programs and Empowered is negligible. Because right. well, and that's what, I'm, that's what I'm trying to get at is the fact that what they did was they took something and they, and I'm they told. the part they like, Jackie. <laughs> Good. Then, I, and if you don't want 12-step programs to be part of the discussion, I would take it out of your narrative. Because it makes it part of the discussion when you bring it up. Well, so. the 12 steps are a part of our program. Okay, <laughs> the 12 steps meaning I admit I have a problem mm -hmm. and I'm looking for the power of good to help me. But it's through their editing and well, through that's their... What I'm saying. Okay, so wait, we're not... I'm going to be really blunt because okay. the 12 steps are... and. The reality is that I know the big book, I know the small book, I know rational recovery, and I know some of the statistics behind all of these things because this is the world that I've been in for years as a stress management consultant. And the 12 steps are the 12 steps. They are verbatim. So if you all are not using them verbatim, you're using the concepts. And if you're using the concept of a 12-step program, but not the 12 steps that as verbatim, then it might, we can tweak some language here because I think this could be part of a marketing challenge. The minute you say 12 steps, people have an assumption about what that means. 
and they put you into a box with addiction programs. And that's not what Empowered is based on what I have learned from our conversation. And I, I think you're totally right. I, I think that when we even first started, the kids named themselves Teen Addiction Anonymous because they liked the 12 steps. And within the first year, we had to rebrand. And uh -huh. we branded to, okay, so where are you at and how do you feel? And they felt empowered. And so that's how we moved exactly away from that mode of thinking. And they also call their steps, steps for healing. So, uh, you know, I think there, there is a huge issue there as I, well. I think that shifting the narrative will help you. Gotcha. And if empowered is a program of steps for healing that was created for teens by teens. Yes. That's some powerful narrative that will keep you out of being put into the box of addiction program. Gotcha. Because I first thought that that's what this was about. This was teens helping teens out of addiction, which is why I wrote the narrative the way I did. Now I'm going, wait a minute. This has got, you know, any kind of empowerment program is going to address addictive behavior. Right. Any kind of empowerment program is going to reduce the um, incidence of suicide. Any kind of empowerment program is going to improve performance and behavior any because trust me my whole premise is can you picture a world where self-empowerment replaces self-sabotage yes in that world i believe suicide will become a thing of the past absolutely and that's the program you've created and let's create a narrative that everyone can understand exactly what it is that you're doing so we can get some more champions because mm -hmm. i do think the champions are the key I think you've hit the nail on the head there. So the narrative for me is that we're going to have another discussion offline that's private uh, about how to partner up with some of the other partners that I have and with the programs that we're creating. The other, but I couldn't have that conversation with you until we had this one because I was under the impression that it was a 12-step based program. And the 12 steps is a branded term. It means addiction, whether it's addiction to food, drugs, alcohol, narcotics, sex, work, whatever. There's a 12-step program and those all belong in this one category. It's a brand. What could be the brand for Empowered, Susan? Let's see if we can give you a brand that actually empowers the movement. Well, actually, we just, the Empowered branding has just been carried into our nonprofit world. So it used to be, Jackie, that we were on the Empowered program, but our nonprofit was called Teen Addiction Anonymous because that's what the kids named it. Mm -hmm. And we were trying to be true to their vision. But we clearly see that there is no real connection. We end up really explaining a lot of this program as not being 12 step. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a real that's challenge when it comes to branding. To, I mean. Yeah, our, our nonprofit will now be registered as empowered.org. So, so I think. Oh, I'm so you know, you glad you hear saw, you say that. The other thing, too, I wanted to show you this. Does this look right on your screen or does it look backwards? No, it's right on my screen. Welcome to okay. the Empowered Zoom. Okay, so this is our Empowered. 
Mm -hmm. And you'll notice that the M is big because it, the kids look at it and say, this is about me. We own this. The powered is written forward, meaning mm -hmm. that's the direction we're moving. We're going one direction only, and that's ahead. And you'll notice there's no E's, no E-M-T-O-W-E-R-E-D. We took out all the E's. And the reason we did that is we said there's no exceptions in this program. <laughs> There's no exemptions from this program and there's no exclusions from this program. There are no E's. This is universal. This is for all teens, um, all socioeconomic groups, all cultures. Um, we are, uh, as one of my teens said, we are one culture. We are the teen culture. Oh, there we go. Okay, so here I am. I should leave the tech to Katie. Katie, could turn that into a hyperlink for me, please? So, empowered.org is where people can go to find more information. We're yes. talking about one global teen experience, yes. and the biggest challenge they're facing is loneliness. Yes. And there are so many teens in the world. How could they possibly be lonely? But when teens started going online and shooting videos of themselves eating you know toxics things and dying i knew that this was a time we could not ignore the possibilities and that was before COVID. so suicide is a thing i want to make it a thing of the past i think that your program is probably one of the sanest approaches as far as a group program that can come into schools and institutions. You know, I'm partnered with another group and we met with the founder of that company earlier today and, and we have a presentation tomorrow by one of their tutors that is more of the one-on-one -on -one in the home, in the family. Right. And so I think that there's a lot of synergy in what we're doing. So the biggest challenge you have is that, <laughs> yeah, and my brain is like, challenge, what? Blank out, total blank out, train just left. The biggest challenge that you have is bandwidth, that people are not seeing it as important enough to bump other things off their plate to become certified. Yeah. And the biggest fear you have is that somebody will become certified and not follow the rules. Yes. And that's where empowering the teens is like gold. You know, so there may be some options there that are bubbling up and maybe there'll be some people who will pop something into the chat. The biggest frustration is that it's like nobody's listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So trust me, I get that one. That's why I put together a 24 hour two day summit mm -hmm. is because they will listen to something that is a show faster than they will listen to yet another symposium or forum. And I get pushback on it. And the reality is that people don't want to know. They don't want to know that their kid is at risk for addictive behavior. They don't want to know that their kid is at risk for suicide. They don't want to know that they're gonna to have to take time and stop being busy to address all of this. And the only reason I can say that is because I lived it. I lived it. And when I got asked to rewrite my first, I got, 
I mean, I got asked to do the TEDx talk because we published uh, Make It a Great Day, The Choice is Yours book, and it started getting some attention. And it's stories about how to break the silence and start conversations on suicide. And I wrote my TEDx talk and everybody on my TEDx team loved it, except my TEDx coach who privately called me out. And he called me out for being tactical and not vulnerable. Mm. And so I rewrote my talk because he convinced me that I had the opportunity to do something significant with it. And after I rewrote it, I realized that there was only one sentence that I could possibly use at the beginning of this talk. And that I couldn't deliver the talk until I took care of something. My talk begins with, I don't want to talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it 24 years ago when my daughter first tried to kill herself and I don't want to talk about it now, mm-hmm. but I must. Right. I must be willing to break the silence. What we know is that the silence is deadly, but I honestly, seriously gave thought to walking away from that TEDx stage and not delivering this talk because It was all about how to start the conversations that truly matter. It was all about accepting the reality that today, every child is at risk of suicide. There are multiple dynamics going on in the world and it does not serve anyone to go saying, well, it's because they don't have a father in the home and it's because they don't have family dinners and it's because they've got too much screen time and it's because of bullying and it's because, 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 which was a great song in The Wizard of Oz. But unless you are going to the Emerald City, the reality is that it's not the cause that needs to be addressed. It's the reality of the problem that if we start just not, if we stop arguing with reality that this is such a global problem, then we can get people behind the programs like yours. First, we got to get them to stop pointing fingers and to stop arguing with the size of the problem. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this is, this is why I host this show. This is why I'm on my mission is because I realized that in one-on-one conversation, people will acknowledge that there's a problem. But just like it took me six months from the time that I learned the statistic of 3,000 teens attempt to take their own lives every day to when I would let myself do the math and I was a math major, you know, we're talking a million kids a year. A million kids buy into the fact that dying is better than living and try to take their own lives every year. And you have a program that could positively impact that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I'm now just publicly declaring that we're going to figure out how to partner up because you need some help with marketing. I got a guy. Okay. Actually, he gave a talk and another segment of this. And so we'll, we'll hook you up with Steve because the problem that you have is the fact that people don't want to talk about it. They assume it's not their kid. And based on the narrative, they assume that your program is about addiction, which they don't need because their kid's fine. Mm. 
And so if we solve those three problems for you, Susan, I think we can actually solve part of the puzzle of the Teen Suicide Prevention Society, which is yes. bringing in the programs yes. that will absolutely help. And I got a lot of ideas, okay? I mean, all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I'm going after scholarship money, you know? We'll, we'll have to figure this out. In the meantime- You're such a professional, Jackie. I mean, if this is who you are, this is what you know, this is your life. So if anybody is able to understand the essence of what we have and find that roadmap to reach more children, I mean, you are, you are definitely the angel that we're looking for right now. So I'm dumping oh. a lot of time. <laughs> not, not many people accuse me of being an angel. What I, hey, what I am, case, right? You know, I mean, Susan, I, okay, I'm gonna just call it what it is. I was so intimidated by the idea of interviewing you because you've been in this world for decades. You have an evidence-based program. I have a program that was like, oh, everything I know about sales, everything I know about personal development, everything that I have just learned over my 30 years got turned into the self-advocacy program. Boom. And somebody said, well, you know, proof and efficacy. And I'm like, I just launched the beta, you know, give me a break. I mean, I, so you're so, exactly what we need, Jackie. I don't need another me. I don't, I, I, I've had enough of me, right? <laughs> I've exhausted me. I am right. a professional. So I'm looking forward to collaborating and anyone else who's watching, who wants to be a part of this journey, we welcome you because as you said, it not only takes a village, but we have children waiting for this program. And we have parents waiting. And there is no reason why we can't make this a transitional effort to all communities. All right, there we go. So welcome to the Suicide Prevention Show where missions get launched in yeah. one hour or less. <laughs> Susan, Thank you for being willing to come on. And I know that you had planned on doing a whole presentation and you had the video testimonials from the kids. And I'm like, let's just have a talk. I think there's power here. Absolutely. And also just to add on that if anyone uh, would like to get in touch with me because while they would love this in their institution, their school, their, mm -hmm. their uh, youth group at their church, and they want to know more, um, it says rothery at, at empowered.org. Yeah, there you go. It's a new language. I yes, guess. it is a new language. So before, before I drop this in the chat, because the okay. email address we had was info at. Either info. one. Okay. The one that we've got is good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the one that we've got is good. Katie, go ahead and drop it again, just in case somebody come on so that people can see it. I know a bunch of retired teachers. And so there may be some connections that would pull this into the mainstream faster. And yeah, we'll, we're going to have another chat. Susan. Make this happen, Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for your enthusiasm and your passion. And thank you to Katie for being just the, the greatest, most patient advocate in terms of the technology. I hope we get to meet her someday too. 
Oh, I suspect that you will. And just wait till you see what's coming. Oh, there she is. Yes, go girl. I love you. Well, I'm glad I could help. Oh, you're amazing. <laughs> what, a, what a beautiful, patient individual. Just what we needed. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate that. <laughs>